former president Mike Pence, who wrote a truly grotesque op-ed this week within an extremely, extremely misleading title. Because who among us would disagree that, quote, election integrity is a national imperative? It's why Democrats are working to pass H.R. 1, the For the People Act. Now, it would take my whole show to debunk every lie in this piece. But here's a sampling of the former VP's dishonesty. The very first line pushes Donald Trump's big lie, referring to, quote, an election marked with significant voting irregularities. But of course, there were no widespread irregularities or fraud. Officials in every single state and the Trump administration's own attorney general have consistently upheld the integrity and security of November's election. Pence goes on to list some of the most popular parts of the bill, election reform that were in place in many states for 2020 election, early voting, mail-in ballots, same-day voter registration, and he calls these common-sense rules, quote, unconstitutional, reckless, and anti-democratic. Personally, I think ensuring that every eligible voter can exercise their constitutional right is the most democratic action lawmakers can take. But the GOP has always disagreed. Indeed, since the November election, Republicans in 33 states have introduced hundreds of laws meant to disenfranchise mostly black and brown voters. It's why Democrats introduced H.R. 1 in the first place. And this week, during a Supreme Court case that could challenge what's left of the Voting Rights Act, Republican operatives once again said the quiet part out loud. What's the interest of the Arizona RNC here in keeping, say, the out-of-precinct uh, um, voter dis ballot disqualification rules on the books? Because it puts us at a competitive disadvantage relative to Democrats. Politics is a zero-sum game. And every uh, extra vote they get through unlawful interpretations of Section 2 hurts us. They know when all Americans have our votes counted, Republicans lose. So instead of trying to come up with more popular candidates and policies, they write misleading op-eds, pass state laws to suppress our votes, and argue before the Supreme Court itself that allowing every vote to be counted is somehow unfair. Pence's desperate scrambling for the approval of the Republican base is especially pathetic when you consider what they think of him these days. In a poll of CPAC attendees, Mike Pence got just 1% support for a possible 2024 presidential run, putting him on par with former Hood Secretary Ben Carson and Fox News host Tucker Carlson. It's not surprising, considering that some members of the GOP base were chanting, hang Mike Pence in the Capitol on January 6th. Mike Pence spent four years in lockstep with a president who represented the most vile interest in this country. He stayed silence in service to his pursuit of power. But apparently, no one ever told you, Mr. Pence, the Trump base never liked you and they never trusted you. Whoa. And now the Trump train is off the rails. So is your political future. Whoa. I got you. Whoa, whoa, y'all heard that, huh, boy, I tell you. 
And, and I want you guys to make sure y'all stay right. You go online to your senators, okay? And let them know that you are for the H1, the for the, the vote, People's Act, because what's happening, uh, this legislations have each state, the Republican states, they have sent in letters to literally ban everything that's in H. Uh, HR1 Voters People Act. I went through it myself. I downloaded. I highlighted three things that I did have concern with um, that when we have our town meeting here in our city, because every community has a town meeting, you guys. You have to go to the town meetings, especially black folks. My black people, please go to these town meetings. This is how all this has happened. They had a town meeting right after the inauguration, okay? And that's how they came up with all these bills that they're trying to pass for each state to block your vote. And they re- and their main target is Georgia. Why? Because Georgia represents, uh, Georgia was flipped to a Democratic state. You have a black woman in power and authority for that, that, that state, and they don't like that. You got a mayor, and I think we have, they have a um, police, a police chief. I don't know. I have to get the clarity, but I know black, black folks in power in Georgia state, and they don't like that because they flipped to a democratic state. All right. Now, I am an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I live by the kingdom of God rules. But even with the instructions from our Lord, he tells us that you render unto Caesar was due to Caesar and you render unto God was due to God. We are in this world, but we're not of it. So we got to live in this world. We got to abide by this, by the laws of the land. Okay. But when it comes down to other. Okay. I'm looking for my little patrol, y'all. Well, I'll finish that on another episode. But I just need y'all to be awake. Use your wisdom, okay? Yeah, you, you don't be so clueless. Lord have mercy. It's not the time to be clueless, y'all. It's not the time to be clueless. Alright? That's all I'm saying. This is not the time to be clueless. So that's that's your mom's. The door open. Good morning. Say good morning. Hurry up and shut the door. Help your mama. Right. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. He just looking at the food. Right. And he still ain't helping. <laughs> Oh Lord. <laughs> Get y'all some inspiration. Come on, I'm Get up. Hey, hey, my baby. We gotta get us some earrings. I say I hope these ain't no diamonds in these earrings, cause they were from the trash can. Did I say you don't lose them earrings? They cute too. Where you got them from? 
Let me get you some more, okay? I, I, going to school with no earrings. I, I think I got some stuff. I, yeah, I'm going to go see if I have some stuff. What's up, little girl? You don't want to go to school, huh? Did you brush your teeth? Nah, she just getting up. tax return for 2020. The applicant must fill out the return forms, compute the relevant gross receipts value, and sign and date the return, attesting that the values that enter into the gross receipts computation are the same values that will be filed on the entity's tax return. Again, um, the slides today captures more of an overview, if you will, so we may not capture every sentence, every word regarding these steps. So again, please, uh, when I give you the, uh, provide you with those links to access that information, it walks you through how to calculate what's needed, or if you choose, you can go right on the SBA's website at www.sba.gov, G-O-V as in government, and you can locate the documentation there. So either way, uh, the information is on the SBA's website, okay? Common questions, what are gross receipts in this context? For a for-profit business, gross receipts, generally are all revenue in whatever form received or accrued in accordance with the entity's accounting method, i.e. accrual or cash from whatever source, including from the sales of products or services, interest, dividends, rents, royalties, fees or commissions, reduced by returns and allowances, but excluding net capital gains and losses. Do gross receipts include forgiven PPP loans or economic injury disaster, disaster loan advances, known as IO. Advances or grants, same thing. Know the amount of any forgiven first draw PPP loan or any IO advance or grant, which are, sub, which are not subject to federal income tax, is not included in the calculation of those receipts. For a second draw PPP loan greater than $150,000, do I need to provide documentation to substantiate reduction in gross receipts. Yes, documentation substantiating the reduction in gross receipts is required for loans over $150,000. Let me pause here for a minute because I don't want you to walk away from this session thinking that you only have to provide documentation for loans more than $150,000. $150, Alright, so what this really means is if your second draw PPP loan is greater than $150,000, you will have to provide documentation when you apply for the loan uh, supporting the uh, evidence that, that you did receive or you did experience a 25, at least a 25% reduction in gross receipts, right? Now, if the loan is $150,000 or less, you have the option to provide that information, documentation, Confirming that you did experience a reduction in gross receipts, you have the option to provide that information when you apply for the PPP loan or if you
write you guys a connection for the meeting. Has frozen. So I am going to make sure that I have no interruptions that may cause any interruptions. But this is very important, you guys. We have to make sure we understand how all of this is happening. easy to get it, but to maintain it, you're going to have to know what to do. Let's see if it's going to let me back in. It was in operation on February 15, 2020, but was not in operation for the full one-year period preceding February 15, 2020. I have filed or will file a Form 1040 Schedule C or Schedule F for 2020. What reference period should I be using to compute my second draw PPP loan? Your maximum second draw PPP loan amount is the average monthly payroll based on the number of months in which you were in operation from 2019 Mm -hmm. through the end of calendar year 2020, excluding costs over $100,000 on an annualized basis. I have a document here if I can put my hands on it quickly. If there's another calculation for you, but again, if you access that information, you can read all of the uh, options. Let's see if I can identify it real fast. If not... Eh, I can't. So I don't want to. So you know, yeah, there's another calculation as well. So again, I, think I encourage you to please um, read the instructions, access that documentation on calculating your um, your PPP loan amount. And there's another uh, option here for this, kind of similar to this one, this question, the answer. Uh, however, there's a difference in the answer. So uh, please uh, read the instructions, okay? First and second draw loan amount calculations. Loan amounts. For most borrowers, the maximum loan amount is 2.5 times average monthly payroll costs for the preceding year. If in the accommodation and food services sector, NAICS code 72 or 72, loan amount will be 3.5 times average monthly payroll costs for the preceding year. Loan calculations for a first draw and second draw PPP. I think I need to adjust my slide here. That needs to be a little little bit lower. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, Partnerships, 2019 Schedule K, IRS IRS Form 1065, net earnings from self-employment or individual U.S.-based general partners that are subject to self-employment tax multiplied by 0.9235 up to $100,000 per quarter. Partner self-employment income should be included on the partnership's PPP loan application. Individual partners may not apply for separate PPP loans. Again, there's more information regarding this partnership section. Um, So again, please, please, please read the instructions, okay? The calculation steps. Nonprofit organizations, eligible nonprofits without form 99 to We'll use 2019 gross wages and tips paid to your employees whose principal place of residence is in the United States of America up to $100,000 per employee, which can be computed using 2019 IRS Form 941, taxable Medicare wages and tips, line 5, column 1, from each quarter. LLC, I received a question this morning on this 
somewhat. All right, LLCs should follow the instructions that apply to their tax filing status in the reference period used to calculate payroll costs 2019 or 2020, i.e. whether the LLC filed or will file as a sole proprietor, a partnership, or a corporation in the reference period. Self-employed farmers and ranchers. Self-employed farmers and ranchers, i.e. those who report their net form profit on Form 1040 Schedule 1 and Schedule F, should use IRS Form 1040 Schedule F in lieu of Schedule C. The calculation for self-employed farmers and ranchers without employees is the same as for Schedule C filers that have no employees, except that Schedule, line, Schedule F, Line 9, Gross Income, should be used to determine the loan amount rather than Schedule C, Line 31, Net Profit. All right, so now we're going to get into the recent change regarding Schedule C filers. Uh, just came out last um, Friday, but it came out Thursday, but it was effective last Friday. So here we go. All right, so the changes provide more flexibility for Schedule C filers. For borrowers that file 1040 Schedule C, income now encompasses borrowers' net income and gross income to account for fixed and other business expenses. Now, that doesn't mean you combine the two, you have options, okay? So we're going to cover that. The revised definition of income allows revisions to the loan amount calculation. <coughs> Excuse me. Application forms are as follows, SBA Form 2483C or 2483SDC, only for Schedule C filers using gross income. I provide the links to that application in the end, towards the end, okay, on the slide. And the 2483 or 2483SD, if using net income to calculate loan amount, or if using Schedule F, either gross or net. Again, I have the links, and the links are included on one of the last slides, or you can go on our website as well, okay? All right, owner compensation. Why is owner compensation important? The new definition of owner compensation allows applicants to, eat, to use either net profit or gross income in its calculation of total payroll costs. Schedule C follow with no employees. Owner compensation is either gross income, line seven, or net profit, line 31, all right? Schedule C follows with employees. Owner compensation, net profit, line 31, or gross income, line seven. If you do gross income, you minus, you exclude, you back out, you subtract, line 14, 19, and 26. Line 14, employee benefit programs. Line 19, pension and profit sharing. And line 26, wages, less employment credits. Owner compensation does not include employee payroll costs. This is why lines 14, 19, and 26 are subtracted from gross income to determine owner calculation. Owner compensation plus employee payroll costs from line, I'm sorry, from form 941 equals total payroll costs. Revised form of Schedule C filers with no employees. All right, so I kind of covered it, but we'll do it again. All right, the first draw PPP loan Schedule C filers with no employees. Step one, from 2019 or 2020, IRS form 1040, Schedule C, line 31, Net profit or line seven gross income. Why do you have R? It's what we just line seven. Okay, yeah. Line 31 net profit or line seven gross income. If the borrower is over, if this loan amount is over $100,000, reduce it to 
dollars if both your net profit and gross income are zero or less, you are not eligible for a PPP loan. Step two, you calculate the average monthly net profit or gross income amount by dividing the amount from step one by 12. Step three, multiply the average monthly net profit or gross income amount from step two by 2.5 times. This amount cannot exceed $20,833. Step four, add the outstanding amount of any economic injury disaster loan item made between January 31st, 2020 and April 3rd, 2020. And this is with no employees. This was with employees. First draw PPP loan Schedule C follows with employees. Step 1, 2019 or 2020 Schedule C. You calculate overcompensation, share of payroll costs. Use either net profit from line 31 or gross income from line 7 minus employee payroll costs lines 14, 19, and 26. Number 2, if number 1 is more than $100,000, reduce it to $100,000. If less than zero, set to zero. Number three, add eligible employee payroll costs, cash and non-cash, e.g. employer contributions to employee group health insurance, retirement contributions, etc. Step two, calculate the average monthly amount by dividing step one by 12. Step three, multiply the average monthly amount from step two by 2.5. And then step four, add the outstanding amount of any idle loan, economic injury disaster loan, made between January 31st, 2020 and April 3rd, 2020. Okay, second draw PPP loans, same rules for loan amount calculation as first draw PPP calculation, except loan amount may not exceed $2 million. And the bar with next code, next code beginning with 72, you multiply average monthly payroll by 3.5. For a Schedule C file without employees, this amount cannot exceed 29167 Please note, second draw PPP loan eligibility requirements continue to apply to Schedule C filers. In other words, you still have to demonstrate your experience with a 25, at least a 25% reduction in gross receipts. Gross receipts, I'm sorry which includes affiliates. All right, that's it. So again, I don't expect you to memorize that calculation. That's why I'd be more than happy to see these slides. And um, also the, the application itself, the loan application, it does include the information as well in terms of what to subtract out, what I was covering earlier. So again, that's on the application as well. All right? Okay. Schedule C filers, partnerships, and LLCs. The question, are partnerships and LLCs included in the revisions for Schedule C filers? Answer, partnerships, partners and partnerships are not included in the revisions. Single member LLCs that file Schedule C are included. Okay? I'll read that one again. Partners and partnerships are not included in the revision. However, single-member LLCs that file a Schedule C are included. Qualified joint ventures as defined by IRS are included. The only member as follows. The only members are a the only members are a married couple who file a joint return. Both spouses materially participate in the business. Both spouses elect not to be treated as a partnership. And other limitations apply. See IRS form definition for full details. All right, application 2483C and 2483SDC 
provide instructions for number of employees and income. SBA review of good faith loan necessity certification first draw PPP loans. If using gross income and the borrower reporting more than $150,000 in gross income on the Schedule C used to calculate the loan amount, the SBA may review borrower certification concerning the necessity of the loan and whether the borrower complied with PPP eligibility criteria as part of the application certification. All right, if a loan is picked for review, the review will follow the same processes that apply to all other PPP loan reviews. Now, there's a safe harbor. Safe harbor applies if using gross income and the borrower reported $150,000 or less in gross income on the Schedule C used to calculate the loan amount, or the borrower used net income. Okay, so the safe harbor applies in these instances. The second draw PPP loan safe harbor applies because applicants are required to certify that they had a reduction of gross receipts by at least 25%. Modified PPP. So if previously approved for a PPP, if you receive a PPP and you did not receive forgiveness by December 27th of 2020, you could consider reapplying if you meet any of the following, all right? If you meet any of the following and you did not receive forgiveness of your loan, your first draw, by December 27th of last year. So you may reapply for a first draw PPP loan if they previously returned some, if the borrower previously returned some or all of the first draw PPP loans. I'll give you an example of that. If a borrower returned part of the PPP loan, borrower may reapply for an amount equal to the difference between the amount retained and the amount previously approved. Okay. If a borrower did not accept the full amount of a PPP loan for which they were approved, this is it, but sounds kind of insensitive, so I'll say they, for which they were approved, the borrower may request an increase in the amount of the PPP loan up to the amount previously approved. So here are two examples. Okay, so let's go back to prior to June 5th. On June 5th, the flex Congress and the President, they signed, they approved, and he signed off on the Flexibility Act. All right, so prior to the Flexibility Act, the way it worked was if you applied for a PPP and were approved, the instructions read that you had eight weeks in which to spend the loan proceeds, right? Well, let's assume someone was approved for $100,000 and eight weeks arrived before they could finish spending all the money, well then in that case they probably more than likely return the difference. So let's assume they return $50,000 of the $100,000. Well in that instance, as long as that they had not received forgiveness for their loan yet, then they could consider uh, applying for that difference that they returned. So have to go back to your lender and uh, make sure you let the lender know what your, you know, your, your situation was or is. So uh, I did receive that question. I would just say you speak with your lenders so they'll understand what you're going to do, okay? All right, then the other example was, let's see, let's say you received approval for your loan of a borrower, received approval for their loan of $100,000, and they decided from day one they really didn't need that much, or maybe at some point, they decided, well, let's say day one, they decided they really didn't need $100,000, so they communicated to their lender that they only needed $50,000, so what the lender did is made an adjustment, modification, dispersed only 50,000 of the 100 that was originally approved. Well, that would be the other example 
they could go back now and, and reapply for that difference. But again, they cannot ever see loan forgiveness on their loan by December 27, 2020. Well, that's the first piece. And then one of these two categories that I just, uh, the examples I gave you. But the key is communicate with the lender and let the lender know what you're interested in doing so they can walk you through the debt, okay? Eligibility revisions, elimination of restrictions, non-financial fraud felonies. All right, restrict eliminations are eliminate. Restrictions on businesses with owners who have prior non-financial fraud felony convictions. Again, the key words, non-financial fraud felony convictions. The elimination of this restriction is not retroactive. So what that means is if someone applied for a P, if a borrower applied for a PPP loan before this last, this came out last Friday, a Thursday night, and they have felonies, you know, non-financial felonies as well. This is not retroactive, so this only covers those who are applying now going forward, not those who've already applied. If you apply, not you, but if someone applied and they have uh, fraud, financial fraud, non-financial fraud, that doesn't go away. Okay, so it still pertains, still effective for those who applied before Friday. All right, so remaining in place, restrictions on businesses with 20% or more owners who have an arrest or conviction for a felony fraud related to financial assistance, fraud within the past five years that remains in place and is currently incarcerated for a felony at the time of application that remains in place as well. All right, student loan, elimination of restrictions, student loan debt, delinquency and defaults, eliminated restriction on businesses owned or controlled by owners who have federal student loan debt that is currently delinquent or has defaulted and caused a loss to the federal government. Interesting. That's good. Mm, caused a loss to the government. Wow. This to new PPP applicants mm-hmm. as well as those who have already... Has caused a loss to the federal government. This is the mm. only retroactive change implemented in the IFR, Interim Financial Rule. That's guidance that we receive. Uh, the the uh, bank lenders receive and the SBA district offices... That's, we call it guidance, okay, from the Treasury Department and the SBA headquarters. And you have access. Matter of fact, um, that wording you see in red, there is a link on one of the last slides. You click on that link, and if you have time on your hands, you want to read all of the guidance we, that we receive and we have to read, which comprises these slides, comprises the forgiveness slides as well. You have access to it. So again, okay. Uh, it's up to you if you want to click on that and uh, read it or download yes. it and read it later. Yes. How we get help. All right. Okay. So we have these SBA resources at, at the top here. Uh, before I read all this, let me just share with you. The SBA resource partners, we, the SBA, we, we recommend them. Uh, we endorse them. We actually, the SBA, we partially fund, F-U-N-D, fund these organizations at the top. So we certainly recommend them. They can assist you in all aspects of your PPP, whether you're applying for the first draw, applying for the second draw, applying for forgiveness. I know economic injury disaster law. I didn't speak too much to that one. Economic injury disaster law, if you have not applied and you're interested in that one, you can click, go on our website or the SBA's website, click on the COVID-19 tab at the top. It takes you to the page that encompasses or that includes all of the language regarding the PPP and the disaster loans and programs. And so the idle 
if you're eligible, you would apply directly through the SBA for the item. You would not apply through a lender. Now, Texas Gulf Coast Small Business Development Center, known as SBDCs, Houston SCORE, known as SCORE, and then the WBEA Women's Business Center, known as WBC. Now, that last one, the Greater Houston Women's Chamber Women's Business Center is new, um, and so they're online or should be coming online soon as far as the WBC, but the first three that I spoke to, those organizations, uh, they're available to help you, to assist you free of charge. They don't charge a fee for their assistance. Now, they also can help you in all other aspects of your business, not just disaster-related loans, but let's say, because I do feel strongly that we will get past this one day, this pandemic that we're living through right now, um, and so you may need assistance uh, with your you know, business plan or maybe some assistance with your marketing strategy or cash flow management, or maybe you want to bid on some contracts, they can put you get you in place or help you to be prepared to do that. Um, let's say you want to update or tweak your web page, your website. They have people on, on staff on board that have experience in that area. So what I'm saying is that these organizations have staff members that come from corporate America, all areas of, of corporate America in, in, in essence, whether their backgrounds are CPAs or former commercial lenders, IT specialists, you name it, uh, engineers, they have them. So again, please keep them in mind um, with all aspects of growing your business. Also keep in mind that we still, the SBA continues to, uh, we will always offer SBA loans, just traditional SBA loans, 7A, 504, SBA Express, uh, working capital, export working capital, et cetera. So again, Please keep that in mind. And this next row, uh, Houston SBA website, that is a link to our webpage, our website, okay? When you do access, and I encourage you to please, uh, if you haven't, to go onto our website, scroll down to the bottom, you'll see the words sign up for email updates. If you haven't already done so, please do that. That way you will be kept up to date, abreast of uh, our weekly webinar schedule. That's one thing you'll get. Also, you can, uh, when you're on the website, you can just click on webinar schedule there and access the webinar schedule that way. There's also an SBA resource guide, G-U-I-D-E guide, like a magazine or journal, if you will. Click on that, SBA resource guide, and I believe you can download it. That's some very good information in there, uh, success stories from businesses that received SBA financing, all of our resources, resource partners, chambers of commerce, SBA, all of the SBA approved lenders for the Houston and surrounding area, um, veterans programs, federal contracting, women-owned business programs. So again, uh, please, I encourage you to please take advantage of that resource guide is there for you. And then also on the webpage, our webpage is a list of all of the PPP lenders, okay, for the Houston and surrounding area. So that's that. And there's quite a bit more information, business plan, template, you name it. Anything dealing with businesses is on our webpage. And then over to your right, that's the telephone number where we can be reached at 773-6500 is our main number. If you dial that number, you will have access to a phone directory, if you will. And you can call anyone from the SBA that you want to reach out to. And the way it's set up, our phone system is that it will ring on our cell phones, ring through our computers. If you leave, leave a voicemail message, it will actually send us an email. So we will be contacted if you call. Now, I'll give you my email address here shortly. But uh, if you call that number, then uh, you can reach out to anyone at the SBA. And 
email for the SBA Houston office is Houston at SBA.gov, Houston at SBA.gov. And then you can follow us on Twitter at SBA underscore Houston. Okay. And then that last box at the bottom, if you will, that square, if you will, it reads SBA contacts in your area, not in Houston. So we cover, I don't know if I have a map. Let me see if I may have it. If I don't have it, I'll do it too fast. All right. So we cover 32 counties. We go as far north when I say we go. We cover territory uh, counties as far north as Houston, Angelina, and Leon counties. That's north. West over to Milam and uh, Burlington, Burlington counties. East to Jasper and Orange and Newton, like Beaumont, Orange, Gary. And then south to Brazoria, Warden, Matagorda County. So that kind of gives you a range of how far we cover. And if you're logged in today and let's say you find out you're not located, then you can go onto our website. So that website, www.sba.gov, and you can search for a district office that covers your area. But at the same time, we're not trying to get rid of you. So I'm not saying you cannot ask questions. It's just that I just have to share with you the counties we come. Okay. All right. And let's see your reference and guidance. So here, the first link is the uh, FAQ. So if you click on that, if you decide you want me to email you these slides, if you can click on it that way and it's on our webpage, right? So if you click on FAQs, it's a list of questions and answers. The answers come directly from SBA headquarters. Um, the second and third bullet points, that link would take you back to, all of these links take you back to SBA, but that link, those two take you back to the pages where you can read about the first draw and all the details pertaining to the first draw. Same thing with that third link, that third bullet point, you can click on that one and it takes you back to the webpage where you can read all the details and steps, if you will, uh, on the second draw. Alone, and then that's the IFR, the guidance that we receive. That information comprises these slides, right? Revisions to loan amount calculation and eligibility. So the the reading, if you want to, you can read about what I covered in the slides about the uh, Schedule C calculations, the revised calculations. All of that is in the IFR as well. So now that I say that, you may want to uh, click on the IFR and scroll down to that section and read about these the calculation for the schedule c income net profit and you know the net income and let's see those are the applications uh, 2483 sd is something like 2483 c i guess schedule c and then 2483 second draw schedule c all right so those are the applications for the respective uh the respective loans and those last two links, now those two, first draw loan calculation and second draw, those two links will carry you directly to those as documents where it helps you, it will walk you through how to calculate your first draw loan, all right? Very detailed, very helpful. So if you have any questions, not questions, if you need some guidance, if you will, click on that one, first draw loan calculation. It, helps you how, it tells you how to maximize the loan amount, so very helpful. And then the second draw, what it does, I mean, the information on that with that document, two things are included. One is how to calculate your reduction in gross receipts, right? So it will walk you through uh, the calculation for that. And then also how to uh, walk you through how to calculate your loan amount for the second draw. So again, I encourage you to please uh, take advantage of those uh, documents, all right? And this, <coughs> excuse me, one more question. I have a couple of minutes. 
to another meeting, so I apologize. I may just get to a few uh, quickly. If I can, and I'll open the Q&A for you. And my email address is here, winston.lebay, Larry, Echo, Bravo, Bravo, Echo, mm-hmm. at sba.gov. Winston.lebay, L-A-B-B-E, at sba.gov. So that's my email address, so you can email me there as well. Um, again, I'm running short on time. I apologize to you. Uh, so I will uh, open the Q&A and see if I can address a few of your questions. And if not, you feel free to email me as well. Or I'll contact those resource partners I mentioned. They are hey, there. Actually, the resource I, partners I mean, are there to help you. Um, can I give I specific just, advice just from the SBA? That I just got out of the room. As soon as I got out of the shower, I was going to send them to you. Okay, not only that, I need you to stay close to your phone because you're going to get two alerts and one of them going to be verifying your 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 phone number and it's going to send a verification of who you are so i'm gonna need those codes so text those codes to me when you get them okay yes ma'am all right and it's going to be probably in the next five or ten minutes all right uh I, i'm gonna be in the shower but as soon as i get out oh okay i'm, I'm like i'm this i have your file before me now sir Okay, so yes, ma'am. Well, <laughs> okay. No, no. I before before I press the button, I'm telling you, just look out for it. In the next five or ten minutes, just, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Eighteen zero two. That's a form that all lenders have to file. If the keyword, if they have not filed that 1502, if they have, you cannot. If they have not, then they can quick cancel your loan, and then you can go back and reapply for the for the total, include with, based on the new calculation. Oh, I'm sorry, you said the links do not appear to work on references. Really, I tested those. So I apologize. Um, William. Yep, they um, don't. Email me, William, at, at my email address, and. Uh, Oh, well, you say, you're, but you're trying to click on them right now. Who are they on the, no, they're not going to work right now. If you're trying to click on the links from them, uh, this webinar, no, they won't work that way. I'll need to email them to you. Oh, okay. Once I email the slides to you, then okay. you can click on those links. Okay, so how... if it doesn't work, please let me know. I've tested the links. But again, if you're trying to access those links now from your website, I mean, from this seminar, right. um, no, webinar, I should say, you won't be able to do it that way. Okay. All right? So it doesn't matter what institution you apply. Oh, got these emails popping up. Let me. I can't see them. Okay. Doesn't matter what institution we apply through. Should we use a local history? You have the option to go to any any lender you want to go through. Um, I was a lender myself for 25 years, a commercial lender. Uh, so uh, you, you know we can't tell you what to do from the SBA. So you have options. You, you can go anywhere you want to go. Now, let me just say this. If you already have a PPP loan and now you're applying for the second, it may be quicker to go through the same lender. Right. But you don't have to. So hopefully I answer your question. Yes, you cannot apply for a PPP and also receive the shorter venue grant. No, you cannot. So if you're applying for a PPP today, yeah, you won't be el- you will not be eligible for that SVOG, the shorter right, venue right. grant. Okay. Yeah, that's different. Got a couple more that I have to go. Let's see what I have. I'm trying to scroll down. Sting here. If I don't get to your question, please forgive me. But yeah, I may email address, so email me. Let me see if I can scroll down. I always have challenges. All right. And I keep getting all these emails popping up in front of my screen. 
to go, guys. I'm running short on time. Okay. Let me see if I can get to get this thing to scroll down. Not this thing. This computer. Uh, these questions to scroll down. Yeah. Where are the websites? Where are the web? Where are the website? Are the links located? Okay. So the website is the SBA. So you can go www.sba.gov www.sba.gov and you can access all you can just click on the um, should be a tab at the top COVID-19 tab click on that it'll take you to the web page where you can access all of these documents that I'm referring to okay so you can do that as well if you know that's the one that's another way to do it um okay I'm trying to scroll down here SVOG give effective okay any an organization that cannot apply for an SVOG and a PPP given the fact that the SVOG has not been proven do you believe that the deadline okay good question this question came up before uh, let me not today but I received this question I guess I was in a meeting or something I don't know but the question is an organization cannot apply for a shuttered venue grant and a PPP that's correct given the fact that the grant has not yet been opened which is true do you believe that the deadline of March 31st, 2020 will, 2021 will be extended? Now, if you're asking me the deadline to apply for the PPP, as of right now, it's March 31st, 2021. I haven't heard anything otherwise. If you're asking about the deadline to apply for the grant, same thing. I don't know. I don't know about that one too much as far as any deadlines. But again, I, so even, even with that being the case, we haven't heard anything. So I would just say it that way. We at the SBA district offices, we haven't heard anything about extensions or anything. Yeah, so and they should, we know, but they're do, not. We'll be more than happy to share that. They know they're not. That's a shame. They're not giving us no time at all. The 1099, yeah, the 25% reduction applies to sole props as well as corporations. If you're asking anonymous that question about uh, the PPP. One more question after you go. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Let me get what I can get down here. So, can you just repeat the last question about if you have an application in underwriting, can you have them resubmit under the new guidelines? What I was saying was, if you receive your PPP based on the old Schedule C calculation, and the, well, if it's in underwriting, then you you should be okay. You can go back to your lender and ask them to, you know, halt it, withdraw it, if you will, and you resubmit based on the new calculation. That's if it's still in underwriting. If it has been dispersed, and this is my last question, if the loan has been dispersed already, the loan proceeds, and if the lender has not filed the document called a 1502, then the lender can cancel the loan with your instructions now. They can cancel it. You can apply again based on the new guidelines. If they've already dispersed and filed the 1502, then you cannot. It's too late. Okay? All right. So with that, I do have to go up. Apologize to you, but you have my email, winston.lebay at sba.gov, winston.lebay at sba.gov. Email me if you want me to send these slides to you. If you don't want this, not if you don't want. If you prefer not receiving the slides, totally your option, right? Then please, um, you can go on our website at uh, sba, www.sba.gov. That's the main SBA website. It has information there as well and click on the COVID-19 tab and scroll down and you will see all of the information you need to see as far as the links to the certain different documentation that I referred to in today's webinar. Or you can email me and I'll email you back with the attachment, the slides attached, and you can click on it that way. All right. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you do, small business owners. Uh, you know, we SBA, we um, we really appreciate everything that you small businesses have done for the community, providing jobs, employment. Uh, we appreciate your sacrifices that you have made. Uh, I'm familiar. I say I'm familiar. I was a lender, commercial lender for 25 plus years, so I know from my experience talking to my customer, my former customers friends, etc. Uh, you guys do make a lot of sacrifices, sacrifices that no one knows about in most cases, but yourself. So thank you for everything you do and everything you will continue to do. If you're on the line and you're a CPA or consultant or advisor, thank you for what you're doing, helping small businesses to grow and prosper and to go through this uh, PPP process. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Thank Stay you. safe and be well. Thank you. Wow, that was very informative, you guys. I pray that that was a blessing. Um, you can always do a recap. Um, you can recap this session. Uh, I, I had to, for some apparent reason, it's coming through Microsoft team that the SBA is using. And um, a lot of the language may be challenging to understand what was brought forth but with all of that said that's why i'll come back and break it down into more of uh, our everyday language okay and so um as a business consultant as he said in a uh, financial advisor to so many individuals I put in my disclaimer also that I am not a tax lawyer, but I do prepare um, tax returns. I deal with profit tax returns for self-employed individuals, independent contractors, um, nonprofit organizations, which is grassroots faith-based ministries, or even an organization that just starting off grassroots in industries that have started their 501Cs from infancy until as long as they keep me on their payroll, right? Um, or contract me out. Let me put it like that. Contract me out. And so with that said, my heart and desire is to see other people prosper. And I know God is prospering me just with the knowledge and as I'm becoming more knowledgeable and acquiring more and more information to even uh, sustain my business venture and grow, I am excited to help you guys out there with your business venture and grow, okay? And so we still have a lot to go and a lot of things Urban Management Group have to tweak um, it's going to be even more phenomenal when we begin to start seeing those big checks coming in. <laughs> so that's why I'm just sowing the seeds out there, you know, cast the bread upon the water eight to even 11 times how the words say, because when it comes back, it's going to come back. And, uh, I'm not taking this season lightly. I mean, you have to take a bad situation. Like they say, when, when life throw you that lemon, you better grab it and find you some honey and make you a good old cold, chilled glass of lemonade. And that's what I'm doing at this time. And uh, I am dealing with 
a situation even right now why I'm I'm trying to tight. I had this the injury, you know, on my wrist and the pain and I'm about to change my doctor because I keep telling I t- t- keep telling her they want to put me through physical therapy, but it hurts to even move it to put it through physical therapy. Something is not right. The first doctor that I went to, they say it had a minor a minor fracture, right? So then they sent me to this other orthopedic, and he going to tell me, oh, that is not, we just give you some Tylenol. But you know what? It's a shame how they don't expect black folks, especially black women, to be in pain. It's like they don't mind us being in pain. Look, I'm in pain. How you going to tell me how I feel or how much pain I am, right? But that's a whole nother thing. So I'm just showing you guys, hey, even in the midst of all this here, Dr. D still going through her her medical issues, but I'm not I'm not gonna sit around and whine about it, you know. Yeah, it may be kind of um, a challenge to move around. It might slow me up a little, but it is what it is. So don't forget, you guys, we have an awesome, awesome program. Um, Black women in business over 50. Um, go to UrbanManagementGroup.com/blog and go ahead and sow a wonderful seed over there. We want to bless the women. That are they have to reinvent themselves. Um, that's fifty and over. That we are in this limbo between fifty and sixty-three. And I heard something on the news. I think it's sixty-five to start your retirement or get your social security. So in between that time, you know, I know black um, women and men are in that limbo. But I find that we are very, very discriminated. We really are. Uh, between that age and we don't really get the help that we need medically financially even through business so that's something a passion that's in me i'm promoting it we already done blessed um two companies uh with a hundred dollars just to you know one um say they was able to get their dba they were just doing um their business now they literally have their name preserved because of that hundred dollar donation you know what I'm saying? Um, we donated to a nonprofit. So whatever they need to do in that business, no question asked. As long as you're doing something that is uh, uplifting and causing some resources to come back or even sowing a, a love offering of your service to the community, Urban Management Group want to participate with that. That GoFund over there. It's for that GoFund. Gonna, I think it's GoFund or GoDaddy. They're going to match it once it hit $500. And then I have another uh, sponsor that when that hit, that $500, that means we're going to have 1000 right? So they're going to match it 1000 So I'm believing, guys, somebody going to match that 1000 And I'm just believing that's how that's going to grow. That's how that's going to grow, you know. And so come on and, and, and just be a blessing to somebody somewhere. All right, let me get off of here. It's already been almost an hour. Um, I'm going to replay it, put it on the social media, and I'm going to keep y'all posted about this PPP. And you heard, I was getting confused how he was talking. I'm like, what? So I have to go back and look at certain things so I can know how to bring it to you guys so you can understand it. All right? So God bless you.